I had a I had a thought where I was talking about um, crime, and you know I was thinking about crime and, and you know like homicide, murders, that kind of crime, but then also fraud. You know, it's like a white collar crime. So crime. I'm also sort of bullish on uh, fraud in that I don't think fraud's going away. Um, so I'm kind of bullish on the crypto industry um, and not necessarily on any particular crypto or its price. And, you know, all of these things are, are basically Ponzi schemes and they all eventually fail. And um, they also are very uh, responsive to, you know, our economy and, you know, new dollars uh, being created sort of out of thin air. So it's, it's a, in my opinion, it's a bubble activity. All these cryptocurrencies are, are bubble activity. They're a non-productive activity. They can only sustain itself as long as, you know, uh, the party's still going, as long as the Fed is still printing money out of thin air, right? These cryptocurrencies, in theory, can still keep going. <laughs> um, I mean, eventually, you know, the, the air starts to come out of these bubbles. I mean, air starts to come out of bubbles uh, at any, you know, predominantly when um, there's a contraction in the economy, when there's less loans, you know, being created. And we are starting to see sort of contraction in the economy, the Fed's raising rates, interest rates, and that's going to hurt our productive capability as a country. People are going to start losing their jobs. There's going to be less people that are willing to just speculate, uh, you know, because they're not going to have the cash or they're going to have to be using this cash just to pay for living expenses. Um, to the extent that they feel desperate enough to, like, uh, basically create, you know, a crypto out of thin air, uh, and, or, or just, sorry, gamble on a, uh, cryptocurrency, um, to the extent that they feel that they, this is how they, this is their only, like, um, way to make it, which is sort of the, the idea when you are struggling, you're like, well, I need a big win. You know, I can't afford my rent, can't afford my gas and food. So the Fed sort of puts everybody in this predicament where they're, they're trying to chase these big wins. Uh, they see other people getting rich off crypto. So the idea isn't going away. So even in a contraction, I think there's less, you know, money floating around that can be spent on cryptos. But I think that you're still going to see these speculative schemes. I mean, even in a, even in a recession, uh, they'll still be cryptos launched. And, you know, the cryptocurrency uh, industry, they've, they're really clever in that they created their own dollar substitute with these stablecoin-like products. And these are not regulated. There's no way to know, are they really, do they really have the dollars behind these stablecoins that they create out of thin air, or do they, or do they not? Um, so if they can... If they can be, act like their own little Federal Reserve money printer, in theory, they could print, you know, unlimited amounts of these tethers or whatever, the other stablecoin issuers, uh, to sort of prop up their industry. Um, so I, how can the price of these things 
so why am I bullish on this industry, even though the price may not continue to to go up in any one particular crypto? Well, if you if you have all this demand for all these cryptocurrencies or for the space in general, it just expands outward. And that's what we've seen. We've seen, you know, so Bitcoin was the first one. And then these other cryptocurrencies came about because the price of Bitcoin, you know, went up really high. And other people said, well, this is just so easy to copy, right? I'll just, there's so much demand for cryptocurrencies. I'll just create another one of these, you know, type of uh, protocols. And that's, you know, how Ethereum was sort of born. And then there's, there's thousands of these things um, that have been created, after, you know, since then. Uh, there's over, there's probably over 20,000 at this point, maybe more than that. But I think this industry will continue to exist. And unfortunately, there's going to be people that continue to scam other people in this space. So I think um, I'm still kind of bullish on the space because anytime you have this, this, um, an industry, a whole industry that, that basically um, that basically is a way to do regulatory arbitrage. All of crypto is a way to get around certain laws that other companies that, that run like payment services typically have to abide by. But if you're in the crypto world, right, if you put something on the blockchain, you can get around a lot of rules and regulations. And that's a huge money sa saving type of device. It's also interesting because you can now create, like, you can basically create a Ponzi scheme in the crypto space. And, you know, as long as it's not explicitly a Ponzi, like, as long as you pretend like it's not a Ponzi uh, and you are a pyramid scheme, um, as long as you pretend like that's not what, what you have, um, you can pretty much get away with it. To some degree. Now, the SEC has gone after one in particular, one scheme that was just, it looked like a blatant pyramid scheme. Uh, but as long as you structure your product, right, if you create a cryptocurrency, uh, and you don't make it look exactly like a, like a total Ponzi or pyramid, um, you can kind of get away with it. Because, you know, even Bitcoin has this dynamic of Ponzi-like structure. Um, and it's a little bit different, I realize, because there's no central person running it. There's no central person that actually you hand money to you, and then that person sort of guarantees you or, or says to you, you're going to make money and I'm going to give you back your returns at some point. It doesn't, it's not set up like that. It's structured a little bit differently. But it's still the same principle, and it's still unsustainable. So it's still an illegitimate sort of investment. Uh, all of these things are illegitimate investments. Now they do have some utility in that. In that, um, you know, you can transfer fiat around using cryptocurrencies, in theory, right? But there's no service agreement that that says that if you buy this thing, you'll be able to use the blockchain. There's no service agreement that says you'll be able to get your your dollars out, right? So if it's if it's pretending like it's acting like a payment rail where you're able to just move money around the world. You're, you're, you're basically implying that you're, you're relying on all these different complex services that still have to function, right? And that your name, you, your name might be sanctioned. I mean, there's all these things that the, the Bitcoiners sort of gloss over when they talk about how you can just move money around. But the Bitcoiners have another problem. And that is that there's thousands of these other cryptocurrencies that can do the exact same thing, right? Can move fiat around, 
all you need is for a cryptocurrency to have a price, be trading on an exchange, right? Uh, and, you know, it to be liquid enough uh, for you to get your fiat out of it. But every single one of them allows you to transfer value, to move money. And Bitcoin is not any better necessarily. Like maybe it's the most liquid. It's got the highest market cap, but it's not necessarily any better because it's not stable, right? So you could still, I mean, you could still lose a lot of money um, in Bitcoin just holding on to it. Uh, so it's not necessarily better than any of these other cryptocurrencies that trade and have a price. So what does that mean? So it's utility, it's function has, it doesn't have a monopoly on that. All these other, other, other cryptocurrencies can satisfy that utility function. So Bitcoin basically has to say to itself, well, what else do we have going for us? Well, we have a, a limited supply, you know, cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. So then they, they trot out this store of value narrative, which um, uh, they just use, right? And I think it's a lie, <laughs> but uh, that's just my opinion, I suppose. But they say, hey, look, we're, we're, we're like a digital gold. So that's why you should buy Bitcoin. You know, we're going to be the future of money. So they, all these like sky high predictions from the Bitcoiners with no evidence that, that any of this stuff is going to come true. But they have to sort of rely on this now because they can't compete anymore with their value proposition on utility because any, I mean, thousands of other cryptocurrencies compete with Bitcoin on the utility proposition. So they have to come up with something else. And this is why they constantly say, well, Bitcoin is uh, digital gold uh, or Bitcoin is the only one that's going to be around in you know, so many years or Bitcoin is the only legitimate one. Right. Um, their arguments for why Bitcoin is the only legitimate cryptocurrency or why it's not, it's the only one that's not a scam, right? Or the only one that supposedly the SEC shouldn't regulate really shows how weak of a project this this Bitcoin project really is and how um, under attack it really can be, you know, come under because they've made a lot of enemies in the, in the, in the crypto space, right? They've in this past year, they've really, really pissed a lot of people off, right? Every other crypto project has a right to want to destroy Bitcoin, right? And, you know, <laughs> if you were vindictive, right, you'd want to destroy Bitcoin because these Bitcoiners are basically asking for more regulation, asking for the SEC to, to deem everything, uh, every other cryptocurrency project out there a security, right? They want it to be regulated. They want Bitcoin to be the only thing out there. Uh, what's funny is that the Bitcoiners are running to the state because they can't compete. It's an admission, right? They want Bitcoin to be... <laughs> Uh, they have a monopoly on the crypto space, right? And they're really kind of pissed off that all these other cryptocurrencies exist. It's really quite funny watching them squirm. <laughs> um, but I think Bitcoin would be around. There's enough like hardcore hodlers out there. There's enough people that really believe in it. Um, it you know, to the extent it does have some utility because you can move it around and it represents fiat value moving around. Uh, yeah, sure, that's utility. But it, what I'm saying is it doesn't have a monopoly on that utility. Right. And when, when things, you know, I never read this book by Peter Thiel, but it was the zero to one book. And he basically said, you want to basically be uh, the only one doing what you're doing. And Bitcoiners can't compete on the utility value of, of moving of moving uh, fiat around, right, moving value around because every other cryptocurrency can do the same thing. So I guess the only thing they have going for them is the store of value scarcity narrative of, of Bitcoin. But there's no natural demand for Bitcoin. There's no one that really needs Bitcoin. It's all based off faith on it, on, on whether people in the future are going to want Bitcoin. 
on whether there'll be exchanges in the future that can get you, you know, allow you to trade out of the Bitcoin. Uh, and, you know, you could say the same arguments for all the other cryptos, so maybe that's not the best argument. Um, because I believe that all these cryptos are kind of the same. I mean, you don't really need any of them. They're just tokens. They're, they're not some raw input good that, that anybody really needs and demands. Uh, yet they're cranking these things out. I mean, they all exist to just make more of themselves, whether it's Bitcoin proof of work mining or Ethereum, you know, trying to go to proof of stake. I don't know what's going on with that coin. <laughs> Have they launched their new proof of stake thing? I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, but but they're all sort of the same. I mean, they all have, they're all going to, at the end of the day, have a demand problem, right? They're going to have all these people who have the cryptocurrency who are wanting to cash out eventually, right? To spend some of their paper gains, uh, but there's going to be no buyers. So they really need to figure out a way, I think, to, to have this hardcore demand. I mean, I don't, I have not seen anybody explain to me how people in the crypto space are going to increase demand of their cryptocurrency or how are they going to, I guess they like to call it adoption, but I want to know why people would buy it. I want to know what is going to force people to go, to run out and buy it in the future at some, at the current price or some, some maybe higher price or even a falling price. I mean, cause the only reason to do so really is if to, to speculate, right? So if you're speculating on it, you want the price to go up. You're just trying to trade it. So there's speculators that might demand Bitcoin. And uh, and then there's people that maybe are using it for payments, right? Maybe the government comes really hard on down on, on you know certain people and they, they, they basically blackmail them or, or cast them out of the banking system, perhaps. So maybe they have to use Bitcoin. But the problem is, is that if Bitcoin isn't a unit of account of itself, if things are not priced in Bitcoin, which they're not. And I, I would argue that the Bitcoiners have not made a good argument of, of, of how, when is that going to happen? When are things going to be priced in Bitcoin? When is there going to be something where the merchant actually accepts Bitcoin, prices their goods in Bitcoin, right? Because if they don't do that, if they never can achieve that, then I can be cast out of the banking system, the US dollar banking system, and I Bitcoin won't matter. I won't, I mean, I, I won't be able to... I'll be able to maybe get Bitcoin from somebody peer to peer and then buy the things that I need. But at the end of the day, the merchant knows who I might, I am maybe, you know, cause I'm buying a product from them. They, they, they accept my Bitcoin, but what if the government, you know, comes to them and says, you know, you're not allowed to do business with them. Um, in theory that could happen. But my point is, is that the Bitcoin right now is being, accepted by some merchants, but then it's automatically converted to fiat because they really want the fiat. So until they really want the Bitcoin, you're sort of screwed. I mean, I guess you can, it's a little bit helpful to have Bitcoin, I suppose. But at the end of the day, if I have some Bitcoin that somebody gave me for some service I gave, you know, provided to them, um, and I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm cast out of the banking system. Um, at the end of the day, I have to find, I can only trade with people who want to take my Bitcoin. Because I, I probably can't, if I'm cast out of the banking system, I probably can't sign up at Coinbase, right? Uh, probably not, because they're hooked up to the banking system. Because how do they get the fiat? How do they get the dollars into Coinbase? So they have to play by the rules of the system, of the banking system. And so if everyone's still accepting dollars, if the unit of, of account is still dollars, 
that everybody has to sell their Bitcoin eventually for dollars. And you can still sort of be cast out. So I think Bitcoin, I mean, the Bitcoin dream is, is that it will become the unit of account. People will start pricing things in Bitcoin. Uh, people will start accepting Bitcoin, not just, you know, not pretend like they're accepting Bitcoin, but then really just use a third party, you know, server or whatever to, to immediately convert it. Um, all I see is this fake nonsense. You know, this fake nonsense of in El Salvador where they're pretending like it's, you know, I guess they had they, they, they did pass a rule where it is legal tender. Um, you know, but but all of this nonsense of, oh, people are being paid in Bitcoin. Celebrities are being paid in Bitcoin. Oh, all these people accept Bitcoin. It's just a bunch of BS marketing. It's not real. It's not real because no one is pricing their goods and services in Bitcoin. Right. And to the extent some some person who's a celebrity NFL player gets their salary now in Bitcoin. Well, they didn't sign up for so many Bitcoins. They signed up for a dollar price that's that's immediately converted to Bitcoin, right? Whenever they are paid. That's not being paid in Bitcoin. That's just a bunch of BS to me. And I really don't like the BS from the Bitcoiners. Like, I really don't like this idea that they're just going to uh, pretend like Bitcoin is is being accepted everywhere, you know, by using this marketing scheme to say, oh, look, who's, look who now is taking their salary in Bitcoin. And look who is now being whatever paid in Bitcoin at such and such company. I mean, it's just it's just a marketing uh, lie, in my opinion. And there's a very I mean, I don't know. I'm not in marketing, but there's got to be a very big difference between I don't know what it is. What is the line between outright fraud with your marketing and just, you know, stretching the truth a little bit. Right. Because I know all marketing is kind of a little bit um, maybe in that gray area. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, at what point does it just become flat out fraud? Um, okay, I'm going to take Vlad here real quick, and then I don't have a lot of time, so, uh, let's make it a little bit quick here. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing? Um, you hey. know what, regarding, regarding, uh, crypto, I think the only time they're going to be able to track it is, I think for 2023, there, there's, I think, already formed 1099-B to report your crypto, but that still doesn't mean that, that cryptocurrency is being reported to the uh, security, Securities and Exchange Commission. Right now, all these cryptocurrencies- Well, the we, Securities and Exchange, the SEC doesn't care about tracking uh, crypto purchases or, or well- Or, or they, more, secure, more correctly, IRS, right? Okay, so the, the the SEC does technically care only about uh, the selling and issuing of a investment contract without getting their sort of approval first, without without getting their approval, without going through some hoops and you know making the proper disclosures. So to the extent that people are are selling unregistered securities, if a cryptocurrency is deemed to be this unregistered security, you know this investment contract. They, they can get in trouble with the SEC. Um, but um, but the SEC hasn't really moved a lot in that in that area. <laughs> so my, my question is then, do, do, was, must cryptocurrency be reported in taxes at the tax uh, when you have to file your taxes and stuff or not? You do have to report any gains you make. It, it, when you when you sell it, if you've made a capital gain, 
if you profited okay. off of it, you do have to you have to report that on your income tax. Yes. And if I didn't profit, for like for example, I, I invested two hundred dollars in Shiba Inu last year, right? And I've lost. I mean, I have oh, some gains, so but you, it, but um, I I had a big a big loss, and I just oh, left it like that. It. You can deduct your losses. So just like um. So just like you can report your profits, you can deduct your losses and you can uh, basically lower your tax liability. No, there's, there's a limit on how many loss, you know, how many losses you can have, I think in one year, but, um, but yeah, you can, you can actually deduct that from your tax uh, liability. Okay. Just there's to check the, up on the crypto tax guy that I thought was pretty cool. I think his name was, I think the Twitter account was like tax bit. I think that was the handle and I thought they pronounced some pretty interesting stuff. Hmm. So what do you think is going to happen? Where do you think this is going? Is it going to be more legit? Because the thing is, I don't any think company anybody goes. I don't know. Uh-huh. I have no idea. I I do think that it's such a big industry, and now they're really lobbying. I mean, they could be lobbying more, mm-hmm. but I tend to think it's going to stick around. It doesn't mean I'm bullish on the price. Uh-huh. Um, I actually think we could see a big a big crash, but again, that's just speculation on my part. I don't know. Uh, because I guess remember. It's going into the tube. So remember, uh, remember a couple of months to, as it was falling down because of Luna, it took a big dive. Even even uh, Bitcoin lost. Yeah, and I think a lot of the Bitcoin, the, the Bitcoin talking heads right now seem to think that, you know, as the Fed is raising rates, as they're contracting the economy, we'll see lower prices. But then they all predict that the Fed, you know, and I I tend to think that they're probably right. The Fed is going to turn around. The Fed isn't. The Fed eventually is going to start, you know, having to print, print more money and inject more money in the economy and and, and maybe lower interest rates again or something. Uh, and when they do that, because they have to pay for all this spending. I mean, the Biden administration just passed this huge spending bill. How are they? How are they? How how do we? How are we going to afford this big government if the Fed isn't, you know, monetizing all the debt that they're, uh, basically. This passing. this this over overreach with the so-called. Um, infrastructure, uh, sorry, the, uh, what do they call the, right now that we're going through the inflation reduction bill, which is bullcrap, basically funding 87,000 new positions. It's a big overreach. Talk about authoritarian. We've never had anything. The ones that are going to have to be at, you know, look at their tax record and, and answer for money unreported, if there is any, anything like that, or any type of uh, business under, under the water, you know, under the table kind of thing will be big middle-class people that they're going to be eyeing. They're not going after the... How this this relates to crypto is that, you know, the Bitcoiners like to separate themselves out from the crypto industry in general. Like, they like to say, oh, well, if if you're worried about the economy, you know, buy Bitcoin, right? Buy, you know, worried about inflation, you should just buy Bitcoin. Well, um... Uh, the pro- you know, the problem with that, just, it's sort of all just one big casino, in my opinion. And it, yeah, well, of know, course, so... of course, it's like a game of chance. If you're gambling, because let me tell you, uh, Lindsay, at any time, the, what happened to Luna a couple of months ago could happen again. There's no control mechanism to stop it. In example, unless they place it themselves in agreement with all uh, coin, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency providers. And second. You remember a couple of years ago, there was a, a hit on one of the crypto coins. I forgot the name. The guy just pulled out. He closed house, pulled out all the money. Nobody knew where he went. Nobody were, was able to track Oh, him. that happens all the time. <laughs> okay. So that's what I'm telling you. Unless there's a guarantee and there's a, there's a, a, a governmental 
infrastructure, maybe an extension of the security exchange to make sure that shit doesn't happen. We, we, we cannot confide in, in businesses like this, unfortunately, because they could pull out any time they feel like, you know, to, you know, they rise up and they say, you know what, we pull half. After, after, after all, we're living in Congo, in the Republic of uh, People's Democratic Republic of Congo. Who knows, right? Or some other Asian country or some other Latin America. And nobody knows. Nobody could track them. So they close house. They got the fiat currency that they wanted in whatever denomination that they wanted. And F everybody, pretty much. Right? And and yeah, nobody's going to be able to do or track them down. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. This is, this is, unless there's a particular conglomerate agreement of countries that say, we got to regulate this. Because it, it does have a future, but it's it's very loose, like a loose cannon. I could fire. As I think, if people were honest and they, I think it, I think it doesn't really have a have a future long term. But I just, I think that like because this space is so hard to understand, and there's a lot of fraud, and there's a lot of regulators who are in bed with the with the people that create these things, create the products and companies around them. There's so much uh-huh. flowing around in this space. And there's so much fraud and just corruption that it's going to continue. Um, so I, I'm, I think it'll continue, but it'll have Correct. waves, cycles up and down. And you know, the people though that are they, they, they get burned, they're probably not coming back, right? So again, it'll slowly, it'll people will slowly figure out what these things are that they've been burned, and then they probably won't come back, right? Or they'll just be careful, but they're not going to just go in at the top, right? Some some Bitcoiner or some you know, crypto person's talking a big game on social media. They're not going to just just pile into these things like they they did probably before. I mean, they have to get new suckers and new people. That's why they're going to the third world. All these Bitcoiners are all over, you know, Africa, El Salvador, <laughs> South, South America, trying to basically get the poorest people from the third world countries basically buying their bags, right? They're looking, they keep, they, they, they haven't found anybody yet that they would turn away. Like so they, they're pushing this stuff on, on, you know, poor countries. And it's, it's actually quite sad. Well, yeah. Like for example, you, you remember last year, El Salvador was the first one to declare a Bitcoin city. And yeah, they were, yeah. unpre- uh, they were unprepared when Luna took a hit this year. And then suddenly everything started tumbling and they started losing. And you know, what sucks is that when one, one coin goes down, it's like a domino effect. It affects all of them. Yeah, and you know what that tells you? They're all the same. They're all just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so let me I ask have you. To, I have since, to, one more yeah. question. I have to go. Okay. Since you were talking about this, have you ever invested or are you a current investor? I had some Bitcoin back in the day, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't have any cryptocurrencies right now. Oh, okay. I think that's bad. I have maybe one. And, and you don't see yourself investing in the future, right? You would be much more careful now, right? Um... Well, there's a difference between trading and investing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can say you're really investing in any of these things. I mean, you could just be trading. Okay. I, I think the question is, I mean, for people that they, they always say go down the rabbit hole, right? I think that actually mm-hmm. just makes people more confused. <laughs> I think oh, okay. that if you if you hear about it, you're, you know what you're doing. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to pile in and get you know, a trade. But then... What what they do is they the Bitcoiners in particular they'll hook their claws into you, and they'll they'll say oh yeah you gotta learn all this stuff it's gonna take you years to learn Bitcoin and it's gonna take you years and you're just gonna then become a hodler and you're gonna believe and you're gonna believe it's gonna be the future and the people that go down that rabbit hole are you know that are not 
that are sort of I don't want to call them not independent minded, but like they they do they are somewhat deceived, but they also sort of deceive themselves in a way. Um, the people that go down that rabbit hole end up confusing the hell out of themselves, I think. So stay away from uh, that kind of talk. <laughs> That's my advice. Okay. Anyway, uh, Lindsay, nice talking to you, and I'll see you again, hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for calling. Yeah. Thank you. All right, I'm going to end it because I meant this to be kind of short. All right, thanks.